Okay, you first because you know what you're going to say. We don't know what we're doing. Um, well, welcome to the Old Souls Corner podcast. Uh, my name is V, and my whole my whole thing is I'm autistic and I have a special interest in true crime. Um, I'm Sav. You didn't tell your age. Oh, do I have to? Well, yeah. I feel they like a lady know, never has to reveal her they age. They have to know that we're like, you know, about us. I mean, I'm... I guess I'm 24. You guess. Or, She's not or 20, sure. Or 20. Am I 25? See, I don't even know. You're the same age as my dead brother. I can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that. Well, I guess you could. I'm I mean, have to edit that out. I mean, that's. I mean, that that's color. I've got color. Yeah, we definitely have color. Um, we I'm, have lots of issues, but it's okay. Every color of the rainbow. Oh yeah. That's anyway. not a euphemism for for being LGBTQ plus. No, that's, we I support just, all of our LGBTQ plus listeners. Period. Anyway, but this is Sav. So okay, this yes. is Sav. And um, are you gonna tell them your age, Sav? Yes. Uh, I'm 18. I guess. Well, not. I <laughs> I'm so nervous. I can't remember I mean, how old this. I am, but I'm getting old. You were so I'm like 96, weren't you? 95. Close oh, enough. Oh, you're older than my brother. See. I edited it. Hey, it's okay. Anyways, it's all good. I'm sad. We've, we've got issues. Mm, lots of them. This is our very first episode of our very first podcast. Yes. And, you know, we were just kind of speaking, like, just talking to each other, the like, I don't know, a few weeks ago. I think this started months ago. Well, like, we've, we've been talking about this for a long time because we both enjoy true crime. And then we always watch the documentaries on Netflix or Hulu, whatever. And then we're texting each other and be like, have you watched this? Or we have to talk about this. And we also like to watch movies, a.k.a. The Conjuring, and discuss... Yes. Patrick Wilson. Because we discuss all the things and, and, and enjoy Patrick Wilson. And we also watched all of them in chronological order and then talked through them. And then we get annoyed by our significant others because they keep commenting on how long we talk about things. I but, know. But this podcast is mainly going to be true crime related. But we will like have some movie reviews for you all on there because we love commentary. Um, I think one time we just need to, like, let it record as we're watching, like, The Conjuring 3 again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Whenever yeah. we can watch that again. Yes, that would be Because insane. that would be great. I was like, let me get my phone and I can see where we can watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but we're and this is probably going to be pretty rough for the first few episodes until yeah. we, like, figure out what we're doing. But And you're going to hear us shuffling the whole time because I can't sit still. Yeah, and we don't really have a good... We, we've lost the microphone. We don't know where it's at. So. Not we. Sav lost the microphone. Well, I was trying to take the volume, too, just to kind of help you out a little <laughs> bit. Me. So, you know, we're us. We have issues. You know, we're going to do a podcast. And we both just, like I said, enjoy true crime. So we decided to do this first one. On the infamous Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, one of America's, or the world's most prolific serial killers. I would, I would say so, and he's my favorite for a number of reasons. Number one, he is very different from any other serial killer in that, for most of the part, he had a normal childhood, which I think is interesting. And what also is I find interesting is that he was, like, he, he desired companionship. So when he ate his victims, he wanted them to be a part of him. He never wanted them to leave. So that is something that I find, like, extremely interesting. And, of course, you know, we may make jokes about this. We will probably put trigger warnings on any of anything that involves, you know, trigger warning-worthy stuff. But we want to give, you know, respect to the victims in this case. And we know that this is not a laughing matter. But humor is how we deal with our trauma. So, you know, we just take that with a grain of salt because we may joke about things, but we know that this is a very serious thing and the victims deserve to be recognized and, and you know, 
their story needs to be told. Yes, um, I laugh inappropriately. I so. do too, you know, I'm autistic, you know, I can't read social cues most of the time, and I have a very monotone voice, and I talk really fast, because then I get excited about things. Um, so I guess we should go ahead and get started. I feel like four and a half minutes is a good enough, you so, know, pretty good intro. <laughs> um, so we're going to start at the very beginning, because that's the most wonderful place to start. So, May 21st, 1960, Jeffrey. Okay, pause. When I first read that date, I thought it said, like, 521-2000, and I was like, no way. There, that, there's no way that that's right. <laughs> 1960, Jeffrey Dahmer was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He was the firstborn child of Lionel and Joyce Dahmer. Um, his mother always reported that she had a difficult pregnancy, and we are using a timeline for this, and we will be crediting this in the show notes. And, I mean, I wrote a paper about this in college. I'm just going to be going off on these random tangents all the time. But I wrote a paper in college about, about Jeffrey Dahmer because I took a serial killer's symposium, and that was probably one of the best classes I've ever taken, to be honest. Because we, did not, we didn't just go over, like, serial killers. We went over, like, antisocial personality disorder and psychopathy. And for all of you listening, psychopathy and sociopathy are the exact same thing. It's just different terms that people use. One is not worse than the other. They are both the exact same damn thing. So, just want to clear that up for everybody because I, that was beaten into my brain in college. And if you, like, read, like, they have to determine who's a psychopath or a sociopath based on the antisocial personality disorder test. There's a literal test that they can take. And that, that literally, like, helps you determine whether you're a psychopath or not. So, I'm probably going to use the term psychopath. But, you know, in that sense, I do not think that Jeffrey Dahmer was an actual psychopath. Um, I really have no idea what she's talking about. So, I'm kind of just, like, nodding and smiling behind the camera. Yeah, even though we don't really have a camera. <laughs> well, behind the microphone, I should say. Okay, I gotta get comfortable because my back is hurting. I have I'm a baby, so you know. Never just... comfortable. But you know, his mother reported having a difficult pregnancy. Um, as a baby, he was very happy. He was bubbly, according to this um, timeline we're reading. He loves. That came from the book. Like that might have come book. from the book, which I've always wanted to read his dad's book. You can't find it. You anywhere. know he's still alive. He is eighty-four <gasps> years old. I watched a documentary the other day. He is eighty-four years old and still alive. Mm-hmm. And honestly, he acts like he's like, oh, I would never would have thought. No, bitch, please. Like, no, you you, you knew. are part of the reason he is a serial killer. Like his he, growing up and yes. being absent. Yeah, he he was an absent father for most of his life. His parents never divorced or anything, not that I know of. They but did it's get, just eventually they did get a divorce. I think they got a divorce like after he left the it's house, somewhere right? Down here, yeah, he was out of the. He house. was an adult, but I think they didn't have a very good relationship, uh, is what I remember. Twenty, uh, yeah, so right there. Well, it says that they left. How old? He was eighteen at the time yes. when they. Yeah, so he did. Anyways. They did get divorced. However, he. I mean, they were together for most of his childhood, which is why I say over. he's a normal, normal childhood. He didn't, from what we know, he didn't suffer a whole lot of significant trauma when he was younger. Well, um, I think that on But the he outside, was a sickly child, though. I think on the outside, it's like a picture-perfect family, and then when like you dive... Like a very in, nuclear family. Right, and then when you dive into, like... And that's what, what I and that's like. when I was doing the research on this for my paper. Like I remember reading through, and like this boy had a very normal childhood. But then when you look at some of the other things, like his father was a chemist, I believe, or something to do with like. And you, you guys can correct me if right. you want. Just don't be rude, okay? We're we're new at this. We don't I'll really cry. know what we're doing. We'll probably cry if you if you're mean to us. So you know if you're if just correct us. We'll take your constructive criticism. We're cool with that. But just you know, you'll have to ignore my stutter. 
but it's okay. It's okay. We, we love you, Stetta. We love you. <laughs> okay, so he was a very sickly child. Um, and th- another interesting note here, he and his father nursed release a bird back to health. So he wasn't cruel to animals at first, I guess. No. Um, but then they moved to Iowa from Wisconsin back in 1962 when, when he was two. Because Lionel, his dad, began working on his Ph.D. at Iowa State University. Um, and then when he was four, something of note on this... Um, this timeline is the thought fa- is Lionel swept out the remains of small animals underneath the house and Jeffrey was thrilled by the sounds he made and that's why I think he was actually autistic and I don't like to use the term Asperger's because that is an outdated term and oh. I could do a whole podcast episode on how that's an outdated term but most I've read some papers back in college that said that they thought he was autistic because he did have these hyper fixations on animal bones and what happened with animal bones he was fascinated by anatomy and all these things, and I always thought that that was interesting because I have hyperfixations, not necessarily on murder and dissolving bones and acid or whatever, but, you know, I still have hyperfixations on things. Um, so when he was six, they moved again. So I guess you could say that that's kind of a trauma because moving to, like, different whole different states instead of different towns. But his family moved to Ohio in Doylestown. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And he began the first grade, so he wasn't even in school at this point. When he was six, he began first grade at Hazel Harvey Elementary School in Barberton, Ohio. And that is at the point when Jeffrey Brothers David was born. So teachers are reporting him feeling neglected. And his parents at that point moved into separate bedrooms in the house. Time out. Isn't, didn't, we listened to a podcast uh, probably one of the first times I, actually it was the first time I was ever alone with you. Um, was it Morbid? I don't remember what Morbid is a was. fantastic podcast. Everyone yes, needs to go, go listen, listen to them. them. Anyways, uh, we were on your way or on our way to your sisters, and um, yes, we were. It was it was Morbid. I yes. know it was Morbid. Um, Ash and, and Elena, we love you. We want to be on your podcast. Yes, we love you. We love you so much. Um, so I forgot what I was going to say. Okay, I'm back we, in. Um, didn't he like? get to pick the name of Yes, David. he did. That's right. Ash and Elena brought that up in Morbid. Yes. Where he got to pick the name. And I'm like, why would you? At least he picked a good name and not like, like, Koopy Face or something Why like would that. you let a six, <laughs> he was six. Why would you let a six-year-old pick a yeah, name? Yeah, I remember Ash and Elena bringing that up in their podcast because they did like a multi-part episode on Jeffrey Dahmer, which they, this, like, this may end up being multiple parts. I don't know. He could have named it like Teletubby if, he, if the Teletubbies were around. Well, this was in 1966. I don't think the I know, Teletubbies but were like, around. I said if the Teletubbies Woody Woodpecker? Were... I don't know if that was around in the 60s either. Road I don't runner? really know. Roadrunner? I don't know if that was around in the 60s uh, Pop, uh, Popeye? Was that around in the 60s? But, you know, something to note here is his parents moved into a separate bedroom in the house, meaning that they probably weren't having a very good marriage at the time, but I don't think there's very many reports about that. I, um, so growing up, my father's never had a good relationship with any of his wives. <laughs> and I can we don't even that, want to go into that. No. Um, and <laughs> I can say that, like, I know what it's like to have parents fighting in, in separate rooms. And that's, I think it's so almost traumatizing, even as, like, like you're six. Yeah, he doesn't really understand. Screaming at each yeah. other and not sleeping in the same bed. Because this doesn't give us a whole lot of information, and I don't remember reading anything that was that indicated that they were having problems. But that that indicates to me personally that they were having issues. And it also says that since Jeffrey, we talked about he's a sickly child. He had a lot of ear and throat infections, so that was an issue. He also suffered from a double hernia and had started to correct the problem. And from what I remember from the morbid podcast for Jeffrey Dahmer, they didn't tell him about the surgery. I remember that. Um, and, but some sources report that the hernia operation occurred at age four. And that was a very significant traumatic thing. Like you're six, four to six years old, you're going to a hospital, you don't really know what's going on, you wake up and your insides have been cut open. Like that's a little bit traumatic for literally anybody. 
So I could totally see where there could be some, like, medical trauma associated with that. But at least his parents didn't, like, neglect him in that manner. And they actually got him help for his hernia. Which, at six years old, how do you get a hernia? That's what I want to know. Like, I, what are you I doing? thought hernias were brought on by stress. I could be wrong. Or they can be brought on by stress. But that leads me to ask, what stress could a six-year-old have? Well, if his parents are in a separate bedroom That's and if true. they were fighting, I mean, I guess that, I don't know how extensive the fight was or if there was domestic violence stress or abuse. that I was thinking of was like the stress I had at six years old and it was like trying to raise my siblings, but totally different That's stress. totally, totally <laughs> different stress. I don't, but I know that the, the, the birth of his brother, like they, they put a lot more attention on David from what I understand than Jeffrey. I wonder if he resents da- or resented David. I think that. he did. I think I he would. did. I would. I mean, I think, I mean. Well, I'm the oldest of seven, so, I mean, I don't really remember yeah. resenting any of my younger siblings, I but... I never, like, when my brother got sick and all the attention went on him, I never really resented my brother. I really resented my parents because they forgot that they had other children. Mm. Like, my mom had three other children and my dad had six other children, and Your he, dad had six other children? Yeah, there's, like, seven of them. Well, what the hell? was seven. What the fuck is wrong with him? Oh, you can't keep it in your pants. Anyways... Well, we like, already knew that. Right. But, you know. I resented him for that. So, um, I don't know. I feel like that would be a good question to ask if Jeffrey Dahmer, I almost said Jeffrey David, Jeffrey Dahmer was still alive. Um, while she's taking a drink of water, I'm going to continue on to the next one. Yeah, you just jump in whenever. I've just like been I'm, interrupting I'm, you. <laughs> well, you interrupt me because I don't know when to stop. So yeah, you talk. I talk a lot. mean, but you talk a lot. I do. I talk very fast. Yeah, and you see, I have friends that talk fast. That's how I can understand what you're saying. Anyways, not important. So, uh, in 1967, Jeffrey was seven. They moved into a new house, and he became really close friends with a boy named Lee. And Jeffrey was... This is such a weird... Okay, not This is a like, weird tidbit, yeah. Not to, like, diss on the people who wrote this timeline, because I'm so grateful for it, but, like, this is a weird wording so Jeffrey was very fond of his teachers and one of the teachers he took a bowl of tadpoles to I think that's very seven-year-old-ish behavior but also kind of odd that he would give tadpoles yeah. most most seven-year-olds are going to give their teacher a picture of something that's another reason why I think yes. he's autistic because who gets fond of one of their teachers and gives them a bowl of tadpoles like that's something I would do as a seven-year-old and probably did do some weird shit like that I still would do weird shit like that. Your mother's going to listen to this and be so shook. (laughs) Well, she knows that I did weird shit like that. I'm talking about you cussing. Oh, well, she knows that I cuss. I mean... This is explicit. I have that marked in the information. Yeah, because I I can't... Yeah, no. Later, um, he found out that the teacher had given the tadpoles to Lee. And Lee killed the tadpoles with motor oil. Now, that's fucked up. I think that is worth noting. Like, what the heck? Like, why would you kill tadpoles with motor oil? They're tadpoles. Why? why I don't really like frogs. Think about that. I don't. I don't. Don't bring up frogs. <laughs> tadpoles are baby frogs, man. Listen, we have to bring this up. <laughs> listen, you kill one frog one time. It was you didn't more than kill once. more than one frog. She killed more than one frog. I was curious. I tossed them out. I was curious. <laughs> I will never I, let you let that down. No, nobody will. But I feel like if we go into it, they're gonna think I have part of the homicidal triad. You you don't though. You don't. I only have like the bad 
childhood, and then I well, Jeffrey Dahmer had a pretty time. normal childhood, which is why I think it makes him unique from other serial killers. And that he didn't enjoy the killing, but we'll get into that. I think his mo- or his childhood was mild compared to some of these other serial. Yes, killers. I definitely agree with that statement, which makes me wonder, like, again, the autistic thing. Like, he didn't seem to understand like social social cues and males typically have a harder time masking or camouflaging their autistic traits than females do which is why I wasn't diagnosed until later in life even though my entire family knew I was autistic I have an easier time masking even though it's hard as hell and not not really that fun but you know we camouflage our autistic traits to make it seem like we're normal people and males typically have a harder time doing that I just thought about I'm gonna make us an Instagram account for this podcast okay I don't have Instagram so I guess you're gonna uh, I'll run cool. it. Cool. It's fine. I wonder if we can do a Patreon one time. That's, I that's don't know cool. what that is. Patreon is where people can like give you money and then you give them like extra content and stuff like that. Oh. Ash and Elena do that too. I'm that just I I love Ash and Elena so much. Yes, like I listen to podcasts every day. They put me to sleep in a good way. Like I love to go to sleep with true crime on in the background. They're just so funny. And BuzzFeed Unsolved, I oh. love. I'm so sad I'm they're obsessed. ending. I'm, I'm obsessed with so BuzzFeed Unsolved. I need to go back and rewatch all of it. I know this is completely off subject. We need to have a marathon. Yeah. Anyways, I forgot what we were talking about. Okay, we're moving on to 1968. <laughs> if y'all were hoping for like a very linear um, podcast with no interruptions, like you, if you were not. hoping for something for like professional please exit now because yeah. you're not gonna get it yeah i'm not the i'm not a huge professional i'm just kind of playing this by ear because i mean i did a, i did a lot of research and i've watched stuff and i wrote that paper so i have a lot of internal knowledge but i didn't she like write a lot of more information about jeffrey dahmer than i do because like i've never really and we're gonna do like him. some more lesser known stuff because i find that super interesting like morbid does a lot of interesting ones that I've never even heard of and I just I find that absolutely fascinating to do that not that we're trying to copy off of them but I just no. they're such a huge inspiration um. to me personally um but we're moving on to 1968 the Dahmer family moves to like, Bath huh. I feel like you would be Ryan and I would be Shane I feel like I don't know cause I, I could see. totally but I could totally be Shane though. but you're like so focused on I'm not the really. Well, I've had my medicine, part? though. I've taken my Zoloft I today. I took my crazy meds today. Or my Abilify. So. I've taken all my crazy meds today. I have not taken. So I'm way more focused than I normally would be. Normally, I'd just be all over the place. Like, I can't, like, focus. I feel like we're doing pretty good, though. Like, we're about to. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Okay. Okay. 1968. The Dahmer family moves to 4480 West Bath Road, Bath, Ohio. That's awfully specific. I think that, like, why would you put that information out into the world? Like, is that still a house? Can I don't know. Can we Google that? Can I we bet Google we could. I bet, we, I bet we could do that. Yeah. I bet we could totally do that. We can put it in the... Oh, my gosh. Where's my freaking pointer? I don't know. I don't know where your pointer is. What the heck? Oh, there it goes. 4480, I think. 4480. West Bath. It says Akron, Ohio. Uh, hello. We want Bath, Ohio. Well, maybe it is Bath. Maybe it's just Akron now. Okay. I want, like, Street View... Is it a house? Because if it's a house, why would you put the address? Maybe it was in Lionel's book. But well, I, why would Lionel put his street address? But I'm assuming they don't live there. No, anymore. but like if other people live there, because he moved back to back to Milwaukee, because he's known as the what was the 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 cannibal of Milwaukee or no? Are you serious? I didn't know that. He had some kind of nickname. I can't think of it. With the I vampire of Milwaukee. 
something like that. Or maybe they destroyed the house. I don't think they did. But I think this is the house where he murdered his first victim, if I'm that not was, mistaken. I thought that was his grandmother's house. No, it was not. He was. It was. It was the. No, it was this house. It was this house where he murdered his first victim. His first victim. Well, he murdered nice when he was like in high school. Yes, he had been graduated for like three weeks. Yeah, and I remember watching that documentary. It was the Mo- Jeffrey Dahmer Mind of a Monster um, on Discovery Plus. I think it Investigation Discovery actually did that, but it was really good. And there was like. They had, like, a guy narrating as Dahmer, and I remember him... That's what I didn't like about it. That's why I didn't finish it. I thought it was a good documentary. Actually, I started 30 seconds in it, and I was like, I don't like how it's narrated. I just want to see the house, like... Yeah, that's totally the house. I yeah, think. it's not there anymore. I don't think it's there anymore, it but like they... It. But I remember him saying that he didn't really enjoy, like, killing him and didn't really intend for that to happen. And then he wanted to, like... He wanted to bury that. Like, he didn't want to think about it anymore. Yeah, I bet that Which I think is that. interesting. Um, so, in this little thing, it says Dahmer's probation officer referred to a statement by Lionel that his son had been sexually abused by a neighbor at this age. But both Lionel and Jeffrey denied it. But what young, young boy at eight years old is going to admit that they were sexually assaulted by someone? It's hard for any victim to really stand up and say stuff like that. And, he, and he, with him being eight years old... He may not even been fully aware of what was happening, but for Lionel to deny it, maybe he wasn't even there. I don't really know. But it said the probation officer for a statement by Lionel. So, which makes me think that Lionel is just trying to, like, bury it. Like, not want to talk about it. Because I kind of believe the probation officer over Lionel. I To be perfectly that, fair. Um, but that's just me. So, um, what were you talking about? I was talking about how oh, it's so hard. Assault. It's so hard for anybody to, you know, confess, like not confess, but to for, to disclose to, to, to disclose it. But if he was eight, I don't really know if he was cognizant enough to understand what was going on to him. But for the fact that Lionel, that's kind of a, sh- a shitty move, bro. Like, okay, I guess I've been in both positions. I'm in like the disclosing thing now. I just disclosed about one of my assaults. I'm not really gonna go into that on here. But like, I was, I went through what I went through at eight years old. And I, like, I don't think it's something an eight-year-old would lie about. Because I really don't either, but he denied it. But if from. Lionel was, like, influencing Jeffrey to deny it, then that's the issue that I have with that. Yeah. Because Lionel, you're a piece of shit. Like, don't do this stuff. I guess we'll never I really know. hope the boys can't hear us because, you know. Yeah, because you're using all your colorful language. Well, I have to use my colorful I know, language. I know, it's who you are, and I love you for that. Okay, so we're, so we're still in 1968, and this is at the point where he's given a chemistry set which he used to experiment with animals so he would preserve insects in a jar and later impale cats and frogs on sticks. That is one of the holy trinity, a psychopathy at a young I age. I never did that. But that's all, but I know you didn't do that. I'm just you saying, just killed a frog, I okay? didn't do that. You killed it multiple more frogs. more than one. I just wanted but to you didn't impale cats. No, I mean, no. I feel like killing a frog and killing a cat are two totally different things. I think that's a big jump from a frog to a cat. I really think so, too. That's like going from a frog to a human. Exactly. Was he did go from frogs and well, frogs like to cats the, to humans? Not like directly though. He went to a cat first. I think that's so like intense to go from frog to, like that would be like me killing frog and now I'm gonna kill you. Not that I'm gonna kill you, but like that's okay, a big. Okay, well, I would hope that he would let me know so I'd be like prepared. You know, so you could you know write your will for char. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it said that friends of Jeffrey recall that he was interested in the insides of animals again, hyperfixation, and specifically how things worked underneath the skin. Yeah, I was too, but I grew out of that. 
Well, I'm glad you grew out of it. I'm Jeffrey Dahmer did I'm not like, grow out of that. He was still like into that. I'm relating to Jeffrey a little bit, but I don't know if that's I a good to thing. Je- I relate to Jeffrey as the autistic thing because that that literally seems like what it is to me. And like, to like scholars, didn't you say you read? All yeah, the there was a couple of scholarly peer-reviewed journals that I had read. I don't recall what they were at the time, but they did say that they thought that he was autistic based on the hyperfixations and the lack of social knowledge. So that's how I relate to him a little bit. And, and I relate to him because of like the assault that you know they claim he de- didn't go through, but I mean, whatever. I think that he did. And I mean, I'm gonna believe. Well, Lionel said that he made a statement to police. Yeah, I think at one point Lionel says, from what I read on another website that I don't remember, um, that Lionel said that he was assaulted, and then he went back and said that it didn't happen. And also in 1968, Steve Lair, I think that's how you pronounce it, L-E-H-R, Lair, Lair. Lair. Uh, we're going to pronounce a lot of these names wrong. I'm just putting I'm not good out at there. pronouncing things. Another friend of Dahmer recalls playing a nighttime game with Jeffrey called Ghost in the Graveyard. I want to know what that was. I know. I didn't. I don't know why they didn't give more detail. And Steve says that Jeff was a little strange. And Jeffrey went by Jeff for most of his life. From what the documentary that I watched, The Inside, The Mind of a Monster. But now we all call him Jeffrey. Yes, I feel like it's proper. Nobody, I don't ever hear him calling Jeff. So now we're going to like uh, 1970, he was 10. So that's when he started collecting the roadkill and bleaching the bones of chickens, which I did do as a child because we were doing a experiment. I was homeschooled. You were homeschooled. We bleached the bones of chickens. <laughs> but I did not, however, keep insects in bottles of formaldehyde and decapitating small rodents, and he used acid to strip the meats off the bones. That's kind of gross. But his father was also a chemist. I feel so, like that's when you start to worry. But his dad was a chemist. His dad... But... I think his parents were pretty absent in this. I think they were focused on David. And how did he get a, Like, I'm looking ahead. 1972, when he was 12, he got a job at a nursery selling shrubbery. He was 12. He's very enthusiastic, according he to He was 12. Boss. This is in 1972. Well, what 12-year-old goes to work in 1972? I don't think they had child labor laws yet, did they? I don't know. That'd be something we have to look at. We could put that in the show notes. But his boss said he's very enthusiastic. And we're going to have to look up the And what's really, thing. really sad is that in 1973, just a year later, they began to drink alcohol. That's when he started drinking was 13 years old. I guess I started drinking really young. But oh. that was because I had to. Or, like, my mom forced me to. Well, that's I a whole... I feel like that. I don't... I did not, but, I mean, that's... But that's... It's a whole different ball game. It is, it is a whole different ball forced, game. You're being forced. He, he was not. He began drinking just because, which makes me wonder if his father was an alcoholic, or his father drank a lot or had alcohol in the house. Okay, and then, 1974, Jeffrey is 14. He attended Revere High School. He played the car- clarinet. Oh my gosh! In the high school band that was just for his freshman year. I was in band, my freshman year, um, but I was in color guard, because um, I can't read sheet music. At 14, Dahmer, I'm reading this straight from the timeline, Dahmer reportedly had his first homosexual experience this year and confessed that he regularly fantasized about having sexual relations with corpse. And he began drinking more often. This is interesting, because 14 years old, you're beginning to experiencing, like, experimenting. Most males are beginning to experiment with pornography at this age, and that's a normal thing to begin fantasizing about stuff like that. However, having no. sex with a corpse, which in the proper term is necrophilia, but, you know, exploring sexuality, t- 
totally get that. You start doing this around this age. But having sex with corpses is a totally different scenario. And that's called necrophilia. And he had a lot of these so-called philias, which would be like, um, odd sexual preferences. I guess that's a good way to put that. I don't have the exact definition, but that's kind of what that means. Um, but when he was 15, he was still, like, gathering up, you know, roadkill. He collected the remains of animals and, again, stripping the flesh from the bodies, and he mounted a dog's head on a stake. So now we're going from roadkill to dogs. I feel like this is when you start, like, as a normal parent, this is when you would start to get worried. I would start to get worried about the formaldehyde. Like, I would start getting worried when he started drinking. Well, that's what I was saying. Clearly, his parents were very active. There are multiple opportunities in this person's life to where someone could have intervened and say, hey, Jeff, you know, what's what's wrong with you? What's Let's going on, buddy? Let's get you into some therapy. Let's get you into some therapy. But the, in the 70s, therapy wasn't a really a huge Everybody thing. It was kind of taboo. I don't even know how prevalent it was back in the 70s. I mean, now it's more like it's a more coming a cultural thing, I would say. But I would say that everyone needs a little therapy in their life. Yeah. Um, but I also said that he had average grades in high school. But he, I think he was smart. I don't know if he was as smart as... I don't as, think he applied himself. I think if he applied himself, he would have done a lot better. But he, a lot of people considered him an alcoholic and a loner. He also played tennis. Sophomore through senior year. I want to play tennis. I've never really had an interest in playing tennis. I don't have good hand-eye coordination, though. I don't either. I just want to play. Okay, we're kind of getting into some more interesting stuff here. But I think I think the early stuff is important to note because, like, we're spending, like, half an hour on, like, the early stuff. But I, I think that like... that's important because it builds. But by 16, they classmates said Dahmer developed a noticeable drinking problem. So it wasn't noticeable until now. Yeah, I feel like it would have been noticeable. He was drinking scotch in class. You know he smelled like alcohol. Like, he just had to. If he was drinking by 13, you would think. And once you start drinking alcohol, you become very dependent on that. Like, if you're drinking, like, heavily and not drinking just socially. And he was too young to be drinking anyway. But he also worked on the school newspaper, so he was involved in extracurricular activities, as we've seen. So he was a very, he was a functioning alcoholic at 16 years old. That's really, really sad. Um, and then in 77, when he was 17, he went to senior prom with Bridget Geiger. But he was also experienced, like, he was experimenting with homosexuality. So... I don't know if at this point he accepted the fact that he was gay. Um, I don't really know because it doesn't really say. And it's really funny. This is an interesting tidbit. I don't know why that this timeline includes this, but on a school trip to D.C., Jeffrey made a phone call to the vice president's office. And he would also like trace outlines of bodies on schoolroom floors with chalk for laughs. And also, fun fact, in the graphic novel My Friend Dahmer, that was written by one of his classmates. Um, he actually would fake seizures to get laughs as well. I saw that in the documentary or like the movie that I watched. Again, not understanding social cues, wanting to fit in, autistic, totally calling it. I think Ross Lynch played him so well in the movie. I never watched it. I need to. I, I couldn't finish it. It was hard for me. Um, yeah, to I could totally. I could totally see that though. Um, and this is this is all happening in 1970. So he's 18 years old. And that's when he sneaked into the National Honor Society yearbook picture. Because he was a big prankster, from what I understand. Um, his prank was caught. And that's when his parents filed for divorce and had a custody battle over David, who was 12 at the time. So there's a big age difference. There's a six-year age difference. I guess we can discuss that Lionel first. moved out. So Lionel is gone. So it's just bye his bye mother. Bye-bye, Lionel. You're a piece of garbage. Yep. I'm going to have to edit that out. That's probably controversial. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's fine. And this is when he committed his first murder, ironically. Stephen Hicks. So I think it was 6-18-78, so June 18th. He, like, 
I remember watching the documentary, the Investigation Discovery one, and he would have these fantasies about picking up a handsome hitchhiker, and he'd be driving along wanting to see a hitchhiker that was good-looking to pick him up and go have sex with him, which I guess that's a fantasy you can have. That's more or less normal, I guess, you know. Lonely stranger kind of situation and, and a good looking stranger. I feel like I that guess. would be like a. This so, is why I'm 18 and you're 26. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be 26 I, this year. Okay, I'm 25, guys. I'll be 26 this year. Are you? Yeah, I'll be 26 because okay, I'm closer okay. to 30. What? Okay. Your husband's real close to 30. <laughs> he doesn't like, like it when I say that. 28. <laughs> he's getting old and he's already balding. Yeah, he's been balding. Okay, so. He had this fantasy about picking up a lonely, good-looking hitchhiker. I would say that's a normal fantasy to have. But he actually found the hitchhiker. Stephen Hicks is 18 years old. And he was like, do you want to go smoke some pot? And you want to go, like, have a drink or whatever? And this dude's like, well, sure. This is in the 70s. I mean, Stranger Danger wasn't really a huge thing right now. And I think pot was still pretty cool back then. Pot is still cool. What are we talking about? Like, Like, what are we talking about? Like, I think it kind of, I feel like it fell off. It, uh. It's kind of like, always been around. I feel like I feel it's, like it lost its popularity though. Well, when cocaine became a thing, I guess it did lose its popularity then. Whatever. But I don't do. I don't know anything about. I pot, would say pot so. has been like has been popular for a long time. I would say that. But in the seventies, you, know, you got your hippie psychedelic movements and all that. This is the late seventies though, so we're kind of still in that that thing, but we're kind of getting out of that a little bit. Um, they got drunk and they had consensual. From what I understand, consensual sex. They're both eighteen. Very young, I would say, but I mean, not out of the ordinary. And it was consensual from what I understand. Like, I don't know how drunk they got. We could totally be wrong. We could totally be wrong. Like, I don't want to say that it was consensual, not consensual, but it seems like it's consensual. And, you know, Stephen wanted to leave. Of course, that's what you do, you know, after, you know. It's like a one-night stand. Kind of like a one-night stand. And you're doing, like, your walk of shame all the way back. Not to say that it was a walk of shame, necessarily, but. But that's what you do. But that's just what you do. But Dahmer, from what I understand, did not want him to leave. He wanted him to stay. I think that's such a common theme throughout this whole case. He just wanted companionship. He didn't have that. He didn't have very many close friends. And that makes me sad for him. Like, I'm not sympathizing with him, per se. No, like, like, he's still a piece of shit for what he did. I I totally understand where he's coming from because I grew up alone, kind of, and so, so did I, I so, totally yeah. get that. And I, and but and again, I still think he's autistic because what person, what kind of person wants someone to stay with them, and makes them stay with them by hitting them over here with a butt with a with a dumbbell? Like that to me, like it's a very twisted way of looking at it, but that's a very literal way of getting someone to stay with you. And he did not intend on killing him, which is what I, I'm not arguing for Jeffrey Dahmer because he was a horrible person for what he did. But I can kind of see the mindset that he had. So he hit him in the back of the head with a barbell and killed him. And he didn't, I don't think he meant to. And he didn't really know what to do. He kind of freaked out a little bit. He was like, oh, my God, I killed somebody. So he dragged it underneath the house, and then he dismembered it. I don't remember what he dismembered it with. A kitchen knife. A kitchen knife, thank you. Well, uh, I just oh. know that because it says it. <laughs> and then he he put the parts in the plastic bags and then he like threw them out behind the house. I don't know if he actually buried them or if he just threw the bones out. I'm not. I thought he stripped it off the bones. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about that. Um, but all but I think that this kind of culminated like his whole issue with his parents like was culminating when his father moved out. Maybe that was his breaking point. He just wanted someone to stay with him. He wanted you know. He always went after younger, younger men, younger children, which makes me wonder, like, if he wanted to be a father figure to them or if he was searching for, like, 
the companionship or a father figure because he didn't really have one that was very present because his dad worked a lot maybe he wanted to be a father figure to someone else who didn't have a father maybe i mean i think that could be possible the the argument could be made that could be and and children let's be honest um, in 724-78, divorce is granted, and then the mother was given custody of David, and then Joyce and her younger son left Jeffrey at home and moved out, and the father moved back in with Jeffrey, but Lionel up- appealed for custody again and won custody. That's odd. That doesn't normally happen, I feel I like. Think normally they go with the son, or the The mom. mother, yeah, but then also in the fall of 78, he enrolled in Ohio State University, um, and then question. Well, he, he was questioned in connection with theft of a watch and dropped out due to his drinking problem and also enrolled in the army shortly after that. So we will pick this up in part two and leave you on a little bit of a cliffhanger. A lot of the stuff you may already know, but I'll just find it interesting to discuss like I the possible theories. I a lot theories. of stuff about like his time in the army. It's very interesting, and I think that a lot of things that happened in the army, like, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of shit that went down. A oh lot my of shit gosh, and I hate it. I hate it too and nothing was ever really solved there like nothing was really done and we'll get into that next time well this is probably going to be multiple parts because there is so many things it's going to be at least and I want to give each victim like their time and their yeah I mean they all deserve to have their names fed their ages you know any information we can find out about them because their stories deserve to be told they're the ones that matter they're the ones that matter Dahmer does not matter because he's kind of a piece of shit he did this and And I don't want anyone to think that I'm sympathizing with him I just want people to understand that you you know I understand the mindset because it's hard to get behind like why do these people do what they did murder is bad and that's what I find so fascinating about true crime is I want to know why you did what you did I think That's it's just like an understanding of like why did you murder someone? Because I don't have that mindset. I've never had the mindset to kill somebody. Thank God. I, I will never have that mindset. I will hopefully. never have that mindset either. You know, um, but yeah, this is episode one. Yeah, we did it. Um, I think once we end this recording, I'm going to take a picture so we have this forever. Like this is us. I look like shit, but okay. The, me too. Like I have paint all over me. I have a Carol Baskin shirt on. That reminds me of the dream I had when Max... We need to talk about Carol Baskins, of course. Like, that's going to have to be a whole episode. Maybe that should be next episode. Yeah, I kind of want to talk about Joe Exotic, because Joe Exotic is a mood. I never finished the documentary. What? How did you not finish the documentary? Everybody finished the documentary. We're going to need to talk about the Free Britney movement. Free Britney. Hashtag Free Britney. Britney Spears, we love you. We love you. freaking Britney. Britney, you deserve the world. You deserve to be free, and you deserve to have your IUD taken out, and yes. you deserve to have more children if yes, that's what you if, want. Yes, if you want more children, girl, you should be able to have them. Kudos to you. I, yeah. only, I only had one, and that was more than enough for me. But yes. kudos to you for wanting that. I think your this body. is just like um, a taste of what every episode is going to be like, and I'm excited. Yeah. Because I love you. I love working with you. I love working with you, too. We talk a lot. But we do. We're kind of just, like, recording our conversation. Yeah, because we do have very intellectual conversations with each other. And a lot of people yeah. don't understand them, but we, we get each other. We, there's a bit, there's an age difference between the two of us. You Eight know. years. Eight years. But I, I, but I feel like you're, like, a mini-me. I am, like, like your twin sister. Yeah. But we've been talking, like, I wanted to talk about this a little bit more. We've been talking about, like, starting a podcast, joking about it for a while. And then we actually were like, well, why don't we do it? And yeah. We were sitting downstairs on the couch, and we were like, let's freaking do it. Yeah. And I mean, I, mine as well. It may not be successful, but, you who know. Who cares about success? We're we're doing it because we enjoy it, and we're having fun. I have people that might listen to it. Um, I'm going to tell my work people. 
Um, yeah, and thank you to whoever like made up this whole timeline because yeah, um, you're the you. real MVP. You you don't get recognized enough. Yeah, you are the real MVP because it's like a nine page thing that we're reading. Yeah, and, and hopefully in future episodes we'll actually have outlines like when I actually have like the energy and you know the so less depression never the less <laughs> depressiony you know motivation to write something. But sometimes it's just better to wing it. I love to wing it. Uh, a, because I procrastinate, and B, I'm always going to be depressed and not want to do anything. Same, same, same. So it Even doesn't being matter medicated. what they put me in or on. So I just feel like... I feel like this is a good ending this point. This is a good end. Well, we will see you all next time. Thank you for listening and tuning yeah. in. Yeah. Um, appreciate our listening to our, our antics. Our rants. Like, this is kind of what we do. Yeah. This is going to be every episode. Oh, yeah. So, so stick around. Hopefully. We hope to see you in episode two. Yeah, we don't really have a good schedule yet, but we'll we'll let you I know as we know. Ideally, I'd like to get them done, like maybe record on Saturdays or Sundays and have them done by Thursday. Yeah, I think once a week would be good because that because that would be I need like a schedule. Autistic yes. people have to have schedules. I have to have schedules. I have to know what I'm doing. And I just like to know what like I mean I'm. I'm going to be the one. And we're going to try to keep it to 45 minutes. I, I feel like that's a good time. And I don't want to bore you guys, but I don't want it to be like, boom, over in 20. Yeah, no, I don't, I, I'm not, definitely so. not about that. Especially with all, like, the, the knowledge. I have all this random knowledge in my brain. I have to get it out somehow. Yeah. So I guess this is so my way of doing it. We hope to hear from you. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading your feedback. Hopefully it's nice because I'm sensitive and I will cry. Yeah, if it's I mean, not. same. Um, but uh, we hope to see you in episode two. Yeah, so stick around. Um, Peace out, homies. <laughs> Peace out. Okay.